0: faith community, and welcome to Reading Through the New Testament in a Year. We find ourselves today in 1 John chapter 5, and let me read the first five verses to you. And what I want you to focus on is the logic that John is using here. So he says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands and his commands are not a burden because everyone who's been born of God conquers the world this is the victory that has conquered the world our faith who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is a son of God what John does is he creates a chain here where each attribute is leading to the next so he says those who believe in Christ are born of God those who are born of God love the father those who love the father Love those born of the Father. Love their fellow saints. Those who love the saints obey his commands. Those who obey his commands conquered the world by faith. And it says his commands are not burdensome. Why? Because this is their identity. This is their function. This is who they are. And those who conquer the world by faith believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now notice it's, it's sort of like he's using circular reasoning, which is makes sense in an Eastern mindset, we have a Western mindset here. So we'd see this when you think it's circular reasoning, but that's not how they see it. They see it as spiral reasoning. And what what spiral reasoning means, is it it means they'll they'll hit a concept here here and then here and then here and then here, and then they come back to it, but in a different way. And notice at the start, he says, they believe Jesus is the Christ. At the end, he says, they believe Jesus is the Son of God. He's going through how all of these things are connected, but it's a spiral connection, not a linear connection. It's so important for us to learn to think think from an Eastern mindset, sort of step out of our Western linear way of thinking to begin to comprehend who we are in Christ. Uh, but then he he asks this, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, all these things are true of you. So how can we know we believe that? How can we know that we believe Jesus is the Son of God? Or how can we know that? How can we have Faith in that, and he gives us a couple of reasons. One is we know that Jesus came by water and the blood. Now I referenced this in a sermon a few weeks back and you might remember I explained that John is addressing in his epistle a, a precursor to gnosticism. He's not addressing gnosticism itself. It's really not present yet, but the precursor to it. And what they what they taught was that flesh is evil and spirit is good. And so they were teaching that that Jesus was not God for his entire life. They they taught that the the Messiah, God part of Jesus sort of came upon him after the baptism, and then left him before his death. And what John is talking about here is the testimony at his baptism and at his death. Both of those revealed that he was the Son of God. What do I mean? Jesus is baptized. The heavens open. The Father speaks. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. At his death, what happens? The spear stabs in, water and blood comes out, and the centurion is standing there. And what does he say? Do you remember? Surely this man was the Son of God. The testimony at both events is, this is the Son of God. We can know Jesus is the Son of God because of these two events. Jesus was the Son of God throughout his entire life. And not only that, but John also reminds us we have an internal, intrinsic witness. The Spirit is bearing witness to us. The Spirit is testifying to us. Everyone who God has chosen, He places His Spirit within them so they can come to see, so they can understand. See, we don't figure Christianity out on our own. He opens up our eyes. He gives us ears to hear. This is why we pray for the unsaved, Lord, give them ears to hear. Give them eyes to see. Give them your spirit to testify to the reality of your son. And we as believers have this witness inside of us. And not only that, but we all have eternal life inside of us. I want you to understand what he's talking about. He's not saying you're going to live forever someday. He's saying you have this life in you right now. This life is your present experience. Right now, you have begun to live eternal life. Because what is eternal life? It's knowing the Father. You've entered into a relationship with him. You have that life, which is the light of men living inside of you. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's left his light in you in this eternal life that he's given you. Now, the next question we have then is, how can we know that? How can we know that we have eternal life? 1 John is meant to build our confidence. It's meant to give us fullness of joy. It's meant to give us victory. And, and so many people read 1 John and they lose confidence when it's meant to give them confidence. They're reading it wrong. Read 1 John with a hermeneutic of confidence. How can we know that we have eternal life? Listen to what he says. First John 5.13, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. What is John doing? Building your confidence. He's written these things so that you may know you have eternal life. Who's he writing it to? Those who believe in the name of the Son of God. Do you believe in the name of the Son of God? Second thing, have you asked for eternal life? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Father wants to give his spirit to who? To everyone who asks. What does James say? You have not because you ask not. Don't believe that you don't have eternal life if you've asked for it. If you believe that Jesus is Son of God and you've asked for this life, he's given it to you that's where your confidence comes from i asked and i know who i've asked i know whom i have believed in and i'm confident that he's going to be able to give me what i'm asking him for this should be the confession of your heart this is why first john is written. Now now he talks about praying for the one who's struggling. So he talks about how we can sort of overcome this struggle, but then how do we pray for those who are struggling? And he says there's some believers, uh, he says there's people you should pray for and people you shouldn't pray for. He talks about sin leading to death and sin that doesn't lead to death. Well, the, the sin, the death he's talking about right here is damnation, and the sin that leads to damnation is unbelief. Remember, whatever is not of faith is sin. Why does the Holy Spirit come into the world in John chapter 16? He comes in the world, convict them of sin. Why? Because they do not believe in him. The sin of unbelief is one that cannot be forgiven. There's nothing that you can do for that person. They need to change their mind. They need to begin to believe. But the person who believes, who's struggling, who's struggling with sin, you can give them spiritual strength by your prayers. You can help them as they're struggling with your prayers. So the one who's rejected faith, you can't give them faith with your prayers. But the one who has faith but they're struggling, you can help them. You can aid them with your prayers. That's what John reveals to us here at the end of 1 John chapter 5. In verse 18, he says this, We know that everyone who's been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. Now, what's this talking about? It's not talking about sinless perfection. It's talking about abject dependence. The one who's born of God is depending on him for life and godliness. And so what's going to happen is he loses his appetite for sin. Now, he still will sin. He still will fail at times, but he's going to be given all the resources that he needs to live out a life of godliness. But he has to live in abject dependence. If if you're born of God and you depend upon him, guess what? He will hold you fast. You may fail at times, but he himself will strengthen and renew you. And this is what he means. The one who's born of God is not walking around in unbelief. This is not who you are. You believe, and so you are held fast. You're walking in. Remember that definition I've given you for faith, abject dependence. We are of God. The whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. John's whole point here is that you're not under the sway of the evil one. He is not your master. It's one of the reasons that John is writing this epistle is so that people will know Satan is not their master. And, And he wants them to remember that God has revealed himself to them. He wants them to remember, you know God. He has revealed himself to you. Verse 20, And we know the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one, that is his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. You know him. He's revealed himself to you. And then he closes by this, Little children, Guard yourself from idols. It sort of seems sudden and abrupt and this sort of tack on at the end. But I want you to understand, it's everything. It's everything. Because the way the enemy wins, the way he defeats us, is by having us attach a higher value to anything on this earth above God. By us exalting anything above God in our hearts, we are destroyed when we begin to follow God idols. And so he reminds them, look at your heart. Is there anything in your heart that you've exalted above God? Is there anything on this earth that you treasure more than that treasure that's worth losing everything for? And not just worth losing everything for, but for joy you got and sell everything you have that you can possess that one thing. If you're not living that way, you're in danger. Any idol that you have, cast down your idols. Pray to God and ask him to reveal to you anything in your heart that's exalting itself above him so that you can overcome the world. These are given to us. These are written so that we can have confidence. We can know we have eternal life. If you're hearing what I'm saying and you're doubting or you're struggling, you're hearing it wrong. These words are meant to build your confidence, not in what you've done in the past, but in what you can have in the future. Thank you so much for listening to me today.